Stay tuned for The Lynn Show. Today, I'm airing an interview with George Schofield. George has made his living as an entrepreneur, a consultant, an author, and a public speaker, but he is in no way a typical man. Interested all his life in the beautiful and the elegant, George was drawn to discover Sogetsu Ikebana, the ancient art of Japanese flower arranging. Listen to this thoughtful, interesting man describe his journey to becoming a sensei. It's a really interesting interview. So hang on, here come the show. is about being the person you really are. Not the person you think you're supposed to be. Not the person other people are. Not the person 
someone told you you had to be, or even told you you were, not even the person you may currently think you are. Many people have experiences in their childhood which discourage them from, from demonstrating who they really are. And children get so good at pretending not to be the thing that's bringing a consequence they don't like, that they often come into adulthood having forgotten who they really are. The Lynn Show is about saying if this happened to you, it may not be too late to recover some aspect of yourself which you inadvertently left behind. In my show, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. And I do that because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. And my interview with George Schofield truly demonstrates this because there is no one way to describe or define George Schofield. He is many things, and some of them are things which you don't find combined in other people. So I will let George describe his uniqueness. Here now is George Schofield. Okay, so I'm here with George Schofield, and I'm explaining to George that I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. Okay. Now, I know that you do and have done many different things. Right. But for the purposes of this interview, and because we don't have a lot of time, right. I'm not going to be able to hear everything. So you are going to be appearing at Bookstore One. I am doing a demonstration of Sugetsu Ikebana. Shall I say what Ikebana? Yeah. At least as far as we know, and it may go back further than that, in the sixth century, this, this is in India and China and maybe back to Egypt. That's the theory. The priests b began to do flower arrangements for the gods in more structured ways. So they would have a certain number of altitudes in the arrangement or heights, and they would be configured in a certain, in a certain way, probably lending themselves toward triangles. And they w began to work with what we know as open space, positive and negative, negative. space, mm -hmm. color, line, mass, volume, a whole variety of things. And the theory goes that it migrated from India to China to Japan. And so eventually it worked its way to the Buddhist and the Shinto, I assume the Shinto, priests in Japan. Mm -hmm. and. Of course, they, it was being refined all the way along, and at that time, it was still true that only priests could do this. And eventually, it became, a, through a whole variety of political machinations, I'm sure, it became available to some of the royals. What were the priests trying to do with this flower arranging? What was its intention? The, the intention was to honor the gods or give a gift to the gods. And so it was arranged and structured in ways that they thought might be most appealing to the gods. The first is Ikebana. It's the Japanese art of floral design, basically. There are many schools of Ikebana, and some of them go way back. I am a student in the Sogetsu school, which was begun in 1927 as a more spontaneous, open way to design as long as you were following the basics. Okay, I only have one question. Do you remember the very first moment in your life 
when flowers, color, design, any of that drew you? I think it started bigger than that. I was always interested in and drawn to simple elements. And when would that have started? Oh, five or six years old. Yes. So tell me what your earliest memories, those five or six year old memories, where they come from, where where you were, how you remember them. Well, it must have been my maternal grandmother because I don't remember my parents having anything to do with this. She studied porcelain and she lived in a sort of a big Queen Anne house and and, uh, I was exposed to various forms of art and arrangement through her only by observation because I'm sure I was a raucous five or five year old or six year old. But you observed it. I did. And remember it. Yes. And it made an impression. Well, and I'm not sure if I remembered it from then or if I'm remembering it from way back in in my genetic makeup, to tell you the truth. I think it could be either one or both. You want to say more about that? I'm not clear that this is the only life and it's only one going on right now. So this is the strange story. My progenitors are Swedish and English. Not Japanese. No. Or... I've been to England and I've been to Sweden and no bells ring. Every time I go to Japan, bells ring. I don't get lost. I feel at home. I don't read kanji. I don't speak Japanese. But there's something in me that sort of knows what it's doing. And I have no way to explain that other than it was a gift of of some other generation's experience somehow that came came to me. And I'm not saying it's the truth. It's the only way I've been able to make sense of it because it's so powerful in my life. When was the first time you found yourself in Japan and why did you go there? I went to Japan more than 20 years ago. I went to work. I, I was doing organizational consulting and a, and a very well-known major Silicon Valley firm had some um, miscommunication beca- between the people who were writing their code and the people in Japan who were actually using it. Mm-hmm. So they hired me to go interview some of the people in Japan and then bring the interview back so that the people writing code could actually meet the users and hear what they had to say about their experience with the software. So, so you find yourself in Japan. I do. And right then and there you have this experience that says, this is familiar to me, this is... I could get, off, I could get off, the, off the plane and go take the train into, at Narita and take the train into Tokyo. Um, and I was sort of protected. At one point I started to get off the train where I shouldn't have and a very petite Japanese, older Japanese woman grabbed the back of my shirt. <laughs> And pulled me back, and then in effect handed. Then she got off at the next stop, and and she handed me over to her, to the woman standing next to her. And eventually, I got off at the right place, which was which was the Shinagawa station. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I have some very wonderful. That was my first trip to Japan. Right. But I've, this is every time I've been in Japan, I've had this kind of experience. Okay, so it seems to me that it, there are these two lines. One of them is the Japanese connection. Right. And the other one is the appreciation of elegance. That got triggered by your grandmother's interest in things beautiful. Right. Somehow you put those things together. And I think there's a third line. It's what I get out of Sogetsu Ikebana. And that is? 
I'm an inveterate multitasker. As you said, I've done many things. You know, I've got degrees and I've done, had multiple careers and I raised my sons by myself from the ages of three and seven. And I need some things in my life that will not permit me to multitask, that make me stay where I am and just focus. Yeah. My photography, that do that. If I'm looking through the viewfinder and doing composition, if I'm paying attention to something else, it's a crappy photo. <laughs> the same thing for, for Ikebana. If I let my mind wander and my mind's doing two or three different things, the plant material will let me know that I am not paying good enough attention. So it's a kind of meditation for you. It is. Moving meditation for me. Okay, so 20 years ago, you accidentally wind up in Japan and discover this sense of familiarity. I think I discovered it in Japanese gardens in various cities that I visited in the United States before that. Uh, there's a lovely, very small uh, Japanese garden in the Arboretum in Seattle where, where I grew up and I think unwittingly yes. I began to find a lot of pleasure in Japanese gardens and it was a natural extension of some of the early exposures to simple elegance and an absence of cacophony. So it began there and then it was very much amplified when I was in Japan. At some point, you decided to not only appreciate this, but create it. Is that accurate? Yes. So how did that happen? Well, Americans start with, I know what I don't know, because we've, our teachers give us the book and the syllabus and we learn it and, and we pass a test and we write a paper and all of that. I have, as I've gotten older, been pursuing opportunities to start from a much more difficult place, which is, I don't know what I don't know. So there was a kind of surrender to the fact that this guy in his 60s with a couple of masters and a PhD and all these other accomplishments could simply stand there and say, I don't even know what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's a very active Ikebana chapter here, mostly women mostly a little older than I am, and they studied in Japan, and they studied in a variety of places. How did you find that? Or you, did you go looking for I, it? I did go looking for it, but I think at some point I came across in the newspaper or somewhere yes. the notion that it existed here, and I have a tendency to pick up the telephone and call and say, I'm interested in this, how would I go about it? Because I knew if I was standing in the place that I don't know what I don't know, I really needed a good teacher who could not only teach me, and I didn't want her to tell me, this is what you don't know. I wanted her to have the experience of leading me through, I don't know what I don't know, into, oh, I know what I don't know, into knowing. And mm -hmm. my teacher has been and is fabulous. Uh, okay, so you stumbled upon this in the newspaper or something, and you called up and said, I'm interested in this, and somebody said, all right, come on down. Yes. And then somebody there yes. was the teacher? Yes. Somebody there was the, what well, was the teacher. Somebody, I don't know if this is true for you, but I'd be willing to guess that it is, that you'll come across people who have some of what you'd like to have in your life. Mm -hmm. So this teacher, I don't want to be her, and I don't want her life, but she had some of the things that I wanted for for me, which was some skill and understanding of this art. And there's one other place this came from, come to think of it. I do think I have an artistic nature. Where does this come from? Or when you say that, what are you thinking of? 
I'm thinking, actually, this is sort of inside out, of my frustration with the fact that I was growing up, I had no fine motor skills, and I associated art with fine motor skills. Yes. The ability to paint, the ability to draw. You would have gotten this from school. That's what That's they right. think, right? That's right. And so the wonderful gift to me originally was that I was interested in photography, and I've never been much of a hobby guy, because if you're going to school and working full-time and raising little boys by yourself, there isn't a whole lot left over. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Linda, my wife, sent me to photography schools in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I had to take a portfolio of my photographs. And so I'm sweating bullets, because <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. And my teacher came in, and she was like 25. <laughs> and she was a professional photographer working for one of the major news agencies stationed in Mexico City. And this particular workshop flies in instructors. And she went through my book and said, okay, you have the eye. I can teach you the rest. Oh, my God. And that changed my life. Yes. Because I could surrender the notion that I had to have fine motor skills. If I were going to draw a picture of you, Lynn, I assure you, you would look like a dachshund no matter how hard <laughs> I tried. I just want to stop here because I always stop here when somebody, and almost everybody does, mentions the significance of a teacher seeing something in them that they either didn't know they had mm -hmm. or wished they had and how that changes lives. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this photography teacher changes your view of your, what you are capable of. Right. It focuses me on composition and I realized I actually have a very good skills and a bit artistic at composition. So I can arrange what's in a photograph, or I can arrange what's in an Ikebana arrangement. Right. And that doesn't require the fine motor skills. No, it's in your eyes, right? And in my brain, yes. In your brain, right. Yeah. Okay, good. So that's how you wind up in photography. Um, and then how long ago did you begin the exploration of Ikebana? Uh, probably not, it, between nine and ten years ago. Okay. And I've been, um, I don't do slow very well. So um, my teacher has teased me that most people would go to her for a private lesson and might do one or two arrangements. I was not satisfied unless I'd done five because I had a hunger for it and a, a little bit of the driven part of me was involved here too, of course. Yeah, so I've been very fortunate to have been able to ascend the, 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 in the ranks, if you will. There are four levels of student, and there are, depending on how you count it, ten, I think, levels of, of uh, instructor or sensei. And so I am about halfway up the sensei ranks. Wow. You know, which is higher than a lot of people go who have been at it along a longer time. And I have done what I needed to do to earn it. It's evidence to me that I can actually do these things because it's not like, like you can go up at a certain speed. You have to do this over a period of time and maybe you, you're not eligible to get a promotion to the next rank for a year or a year or not. What I think of as the home office of Sugetsu Ikebana is in Tokyo. Uh-huh. And there are chapters all around the world. Mm -hmm. So if Linda and I go to Paris or we go to 
Hong Kong or we go to wherever, Nairobi, wherever, there's a good chance that there will be an Ikebana chapter there. So I'm already connected yes. to people, if you will. One of the things that I want to do is go study in Japan for three or four weeks at the mothership. I think that would be really a wonderful experience. So it's an international discipline and, and organization, and there are many faces or schools of of Ikebana, and I feel really fortunate to have found the one that I that I found. I think of it as disposable art. I make it, and a week later, I th- I take it to the garbage can and say thank you for your service, and throw it away and do something else. It has the opportunity for me to create temporary beauty out of my mind and the plant materials. And by the way, what I have in mind seldom comes out exactly the way I have it in mind because the plant materials usually have their idea. I'm thinking that uh, either the Japanese are very famous for the tea service, which is yes. not unlike this. No, that's right. You know, things and, that... And bonsai. And bonsai, there, exactly. There are various disciplines. Um, brush. Yes, uh, um, the calligraphy. The calligraphy. Uh, the, yes, these are, all, these are all disciplines. and that have structure, that have rules, that you have to learn, that you get better and better at, that are about focus. And it's Mm -hmm. my understanding that samurai, men and women, had to learn all these disciplines because if it were before a battle, they had to have the mental discipline to be able to go to this quiet place and do one of these things. And when I began this, I was terrible. I really didn't know what I didn't no. I, for me, that's actually a wondrous place because it's such a different kind of learning for me. Yes, and it's so un-American. Yes, it is that too. You've done a number of things in your life that are not traditionally American male. That's right. So you just want to say a little bit about what you're going to be doing at Bookstore One? Well, Bookstore One is having a Japanese festival, and I'm part of the kickoff. And I want to start with a simple bowl and three or four pieces of greens and explain the bones of an Ikebana arrangement. And then I can set that aside and do something much larger and much more festive. Eventually, the larger arrangement will go in the window for the, the duration of the festival. Say when you're there. On November 1st at 11 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. people can, can go to the website for Bookstore One, go to events, go to November 1st, it's free. You don't have the tickets are free, but you do need to make a, mm-hmm. a reservation. These things tend to tend to fill up. Okay, so I have only one more question. Having given so much time and energy and commitment to this art, mm-hmm. is there anything you would say about what that's like or what that means to you? I find it gratifying and challenging at the same time because I'm good enough now to step up and do a pretty good job mm-hmm. but each time is a new challenge because as I go to my sensei's for a lesson and she picks the plant material I bring the container and there I am <laughs> staring at it going oh my god what am I going to make out of this that conforms to the structures of Ikebana especially Sugetsu Ikebana and the other thing that's really fun for me is once you become a sensei and you're in the international ranking, you must have a Japanese name, a sensei name. So, and it has to be approved by Tokyo. This is like any other discipline. You need to be in a certain lineage of instructors. So the second word in your name 
Is your sensei. Is your sensei. And she and it was her sensei. So in our case, it's tei, T-E-I, which means garden. So the question was, what did I want to put in front, in front of, of garden? Garden. And ultimately, <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't think that they would approve it, but they actually liked it in, in Tokyo. I chose sky. So my Japanese name is Sorate. In English, it's either sky garden or garden in the sky because I wanted something that was grounded but bigger if you <laughs> so I've gotten a lot of pleasure out of that I'm sure I'm sure it's lovely and I think that's the perfect place to stop thank you so it's, much you're George. welcome it's a pleasure to talk to you yeah really I really enjoyed it this is what a person says when they are being who they really are when you listen to George you can hear that at every moment He is asking himself, not what should I be, or who should I be, or what should I do, but who am I? What do I want? What do I yearn for? And to have discovered that he yearned to not know what he didn't know, very, very unusual, very unique, and demonstrates what it means to be who you really are. As I said in the opening, The Lynn Show is about saying, that if some experience in your childhood discouraged you from being the person you really are, encouraged you to deny or hide or pretend something about yourself, it is my hope that when you listen to George and people like George, you are asking yourself, is this how I feel about my life? Am I living the life I am certain I was meant to live? Can I ask myself moment to moment, Is this who I am? Is this what I want? And then, can you pursue it? Well, again, if this isn't true for you, if some experience in your early life discouraged you from being the person you really are, I want you to know it is not too late to recover something that you might have lost, as George did fairly late in life. Discover something that turns you on that you may not have known you yearned for, but discover that you yearned for, it may not be too late to be the joyful person you really are. To say, like George, I really enjoyed it. As always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use. Something that intrigued you, inspired you, something that'll bring you down to watch George create a Japanese flower arrangement, and something that will bring you back. Because I will be back, and as always, I sure hope you will be too. You see, I'm getting older. My hair is turning gray. Oh, you see my face and figure. Some goddamn boomerang No, I won't go in
that I have had my shot. My time has come and gone. Oh, won't I please get off the stage? Let someone else get on. Well, I, I won't be relegated or leave without a fight. No, I will not go gentle into that good night. Got some tang, so you won't hear me simper. I may have gotten. 